Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. ARCHICAD is the official BIM software of the Entree Architect community. ARCHICAD BIM software enables design, collaboration, visualization, and project delivery no matter the project size or complexity. With flexible licensing options and a dedicated support team to guide us along the way, ARCHICAD is an ideal choice for firms and projects of any size. I encourage you to reach out and talk to the folks at Graphisoft by visiting our own dedicated webpage at graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. There's even an exclusive special offer waiting for our Entree Architect community. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. That's graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Jared Banks, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Pleasure to be here. Jared Banks is a licensed architect in the state of Washington. Jared founded Shunome LLC in 2010 to promote the use of ARCHICAD and BIM in residential firms. In 2015, Jared evolved Shunome into a hybrid of BIM consultancy and architecture firm. Located in the Maple Leaf neighborhood of Seattle, Washington, Shunome Architects works with homeowners on custom residential projects and other architects and designers on improving their ARCHICAD usage and BIM integration. If you haven't watched one of Jared's ARCHICAD videos, read one of his blog posts, or heard him speak at a user's group conference or a website, you, you probably never Googled an ARCHICAD question or attended an ARCHICAD event. Shunome is everywhere. Jared Banks is everywhere when it comes to ARCHICAD. And that's how I know Jared years ago. Now, years ago, you and I have bumped into each other many times on the internet, you know, probably on a weekly basis. Uh, but the last time we met in person was back in 2000. 2017? I think 2015, 2015 actually. at it the could, CRAN event in Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, and you were talking about ARCHICAD then as well. And That's right. No surprise. Um, and so uh, when I started with my journey down ARCHICAD just a few months ago, um, you were very gracious in reaching out to me and saying, hey, you know, I, I have this template. I, you know, I can help you. Um, I started a new, um, a Facebook group called Learning to BIM. 
you jumped on that and and has have become one of the moderators over there. So I appreciate you for your support for our community of architects who are looking to move from CAD to BIM. You are the expert in that field, but I appreciate you reaching out to me and helping me through that process as well. Um, it's been a long journey for me because I've been a CAD user for a very long time, trying to make that that uh, that that uh, transition to ArchiCAD. Um, but with all the things going on in my life, it's very, very complicated, but we'll get there. Yeah, it's 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 hard to switch to ArchiCAD, to Revit, to any sort of, well, really to switch from one production software to another because you're making this huge business change, right? right. And so it's really hard to maintain your business while also changing its fundamentals at the same time. Yeah, and I want to get into that. We can, you actually have a great blog post it talks about the 10 steps to making that transition. It's called the switch to BIM, uh, bigger than just going from 2D to 3D. I'd love to sort of walk our listeners through those 10 steps because I think that would help anybody who's in my position where we're, we're maybe using CAD for a long time and then now we're trying to move to BIM. Um, you can help us with that process. But before we do that, I want to learn, learn more about you. I don't really know much about you personally other than what you do with ARCHICAD. So I'd love to have you tell that story, go back to uh, when you discovered your passion for architecture and who or what inspired you to get started. Okay. Uh, so my story, it goes way far back. So I'm one of those people that decided they wanted to become an architect uh, in first grade. So I was seven uh, and I, I can trace it back to um, one day an architect came into my first grade class and he talked for, I don't know how long, I actually don't remember him talking, but we had a homework assignment where we had to go home and design our dream house. And it was around the time of the 1988 Olympics. And all I did was draw my parents' raised ranch and put a hockey rink in the basement. I, I don't <laughs> like hockey, but it was it was the thing. Yeah. Uh, but it was that moment where like everything clicked and it's like, I want to be an architect. Now, what I think is interesting and is very appropriate for uh Entree Architect is at the same time that I was discovering I wanted to be an architect uh, when I was seven, my father was living his dream and had opened his own business. And so he owned a small store for about 18 months, two years. It didn't work out for him. But when I was seven, I was seeing two things. Uh, in school, I saw an architect and then I saw my dad have a small business and you know, Chase's entrepreneurial dream. Yeah. Uh, and those two things were kind of linked to me. So in, in my mind, I don't understand architects who don't also want to be business owners because right. they're just one in the same. Um, so anyways, I, at a young age, had dreams of having my own business and being an architect. And I, you know, you're a little kid and someone's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say, I want to be an architect or I'm a fireman or a police officer. It's never actually real. And so I forgot that I wanted to be an architect or I didn't take it seriously <laughs> until the day before my senior year of high school, where I was looking at my classes and I realized like some, something happened. I don't remember what it was. And I remembered like, oh, I want to be an architect. And so I changed my class schedule. I only applied to architecture schools. Uh, and <laughs> fortunately that worked out. And so I went, um, to Rice University, got my BARC, and then you know went off into the architecture world from there. So, what did you what did you do when you came out of architecture school? I was really, again, uh, boring isn't the right word, but uh, traditional maybe. I got married like three weeks after graduating architecture school, and actually, the Rice architecture program is you do four years, you get a bachelor's of arts, then you do a year preceptorship program. So basically I worked for a year and then I came back to school and did one more year of school to get the bachelor's of architecture. So by the time I finished school, I'd already had, you know, a year and a half, two years of experience between summer works and that preceptorship. So I graduated, uh, it was 2005. I panicked. I took the first job I could get. <laughs> that job lasted Five months, the firm ran out of work, ran out of money. I stopped getting paid. It was uh, not a good situation to be in at 24 and not, you know, pulling a paycheck. I jumped to the only firm in town that was hiring that had work. 
one of the reasons why they were hiring had work is because one of the projects at the previous firm moved to the next firm. And so I agreed to work for this. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. I agreed to work for the second firm, but I said, I'm not touching that project. It just felt weird that I would, both the employee and the project came together. Uh, But I I bring this up because at that second firm, they used Archicad. And so I, you know, panicked out of school, took whatever job I could. That didn't work out. The next job is where I got introduced to Archicad. And within three months of working at that firm, there was maybe, I don't know, eight or 12 people working at the company. Everyone who was an expert in Archicad quit. They just, it was their time. They had been there for years. They're ready for something new. And so the next batch of employees I had to train. So I went from newest employee to expert overnight. Did you know Archicad at that point? No, I'd never even heard Archicad and I've never heard, I never heard of the name of Archicad until the job interview. And then I'd never seen the software till I sat down my first day of work and did the tutorial. This is 2006. So I did the tutorial and it was a book because YouTube wasn't really a thing at the time. Uh, BIM wasn't a term, uh, virtual design and construction was maybe a term, but no one mentioned it. This was just a 3d software and I was given it and I was like, well, I can learn whatever software I was young. I was eager, happy to have a job, uh, did not realize that it would shape the rest of my career. And so how did it shape the rest of your career? So I worked at this firm for, for almost two years, ended up training everyone fell into the position of BIM manager. Again, I didn't know this was a term. It's just what I was doing. I was training people. I was overseeing production. I was building our standards. I was problem solving, just doing all those things. Uh, So I worked there for a while and then it was time for me to move on. I was doing some moonlighting with a friend. I was just, I had a great time at that firm, but it had run its course and I was ready for something new. And my dream job opened up. And so Sala Architects out of uh, uh, Minneapolis, they're, yeah. um, the not-so-big house is the book that came out of that. They're, right. to, to, to talk about them as the not-so-big house firm is a discredit to all the wonderful things they did, but that's how most people know them, the firm right. that came out of that. So when I moved to Minnesota, I wanted to do residential work, and I knew that the Twin Cities had a robust uh culture of residential architects because I knew of Sala Architects and all the things they were doing. So this job opportunity opened up. I went for it, prepared for the interview, sat down, uh, showed them some work I did. And I was like, oh, here's a rendering I did. It's an Archicad. And my three future bosses or three of my future bosses who were in the meeting all looked at each other and smiled because they (laughs) used Archicad. And I didn't know this. So I was just going to basically... I was going to give up on Archicad. I was going to go with whatever firm could hire me. I was ready to try something new. I would learn whatever. And instead, I got to work for this incredible firm doing the exact type of work I wanted, custom residential. And they let me keep using Archicad because they used it. So I started using Archicad at that firm. They decided shortly after I was there to consolidate because at the time, they were using an old version of Archicad, a new version of Archicad, SketchUp, AutoCAD Lite, and hand drafting. So they were a firm that was using five plus methods of production. And that's too many for a firm. You, you really need to consolidate and make um, have a unified effort. So the firm looked at Archicad, consolidated into Archicad. They looked at just sticking with SketchUp and AutoCAD Lite. There was a push within the firm to go to Revit. And I said in some meetings, look, let's stick with Archicad. We already use it. I'll teach everyone. I'll be the BIM manager. It's just, I'll make it work, right? right? I'll just, I'll just make it work. I don't know how, but I'll do it. Uh, And I'm not, I'm sure it's not what I said, but the leadership in the firm decided to stick with Archicad and consolidate to that. So my role went from being an intern, someone who was recently licensed or soon to be licensed to BIM manager to teaching a firm of 45 people, about half of which did production, how to use Archicad. I managed the standards. I did all these things. It was great timing on my part because this was now 2000, 
2007 to 2012. So jobs got harder to hold on to. And yeah, that was a the, rough time. You know, yeah, it was a rough time. A rough time everywhere. And uh, my, I felt pretty secure in my job because I was the, I was teaching everyone how to use this tool. I was the best at it. I was kind of a critical person in the, the production scheme. So I had my dream job. I had no intentions of ever leaving it. My goal at that point was to just work at that firm for decades, become a principal, just, just, I was set. I loved my coworkers. Everything was yeah. great about it. Uh, and the, the recession totally derailed that whole thing. Um, my role became more production. The firm's business model and growth model didn't work as well. Uh, or it, it slowed down during the recession. I don't, the, they're doing great now, but it was the path at that company from my perspective was you joined the firm as a young, like fresh out of school, you worked for a bit, you worked with a uh, talented project architect, you got busier and busier. And eventually that project architect you work with had too much work and you kind of hived off and there was now two project architects. And now you had two project architects and they get really busy. They have people work under them and then there'd be too much work and they'd split. It was great. And it worked perfectly until the day they hired me. Right. <laughs> and then the recession hit that yeah. stopped working. Uh, after I left, that's now back how the model works. It's great. But I just, I showed up at the wrong time. Uh, during this whole time, I'm in charge of the Archicad, uh, you know, production and training and all that. And we had to upgrade the software. So we are using Archicad 11. We're going to go to Archicad 14. And so I ended up working with our IT manager to to figure out how to do the upgrade with the local reseller. And I'll save that story, but it didn't go well. We had some problems with the reseller and I ended up talking to the head of sales at Graphsoft North America. He just wanted a debrief on why things didn't go smoothly. Yeah. So I'm on a phone call uh, with this man I'd never talked to, just learned his name. We're having a good conversation about what went wrong. And I just paused and I asked, you know, how do you pick resellers? And I can't remember exactly what his answer was. And I just responded, because I'll be the reseller from Minnesota. And he said, yes. <laughs> and so that's where Shunome I'm seeing was a pattern, born. Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I, it, it's one of these moments I look back to and I think, how was I ever so bold in a phone call yeah. to just say, I'll do that. But he was said, yes. Was that premeditated yes. or that was just spontaneous? Uh, I think my wife and I had talked about how the um, the business deal with the, the upgrade hadn't gone well. Right. And it's like, oh, you know, I could have a side business. I could be the reseller. So right. we, we'd, you know, daydreamed a little bit about it. But again, not seriously, like a seven, a seven-year-old says they want to be an architect, but they don't actually <laughs> become an architect. Right. This was just this could be a business model. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it worked out. And so I did that uh, part-time for a year and a half while still working at Sala, which worked great. Um, I should say, I think it's actually Sala Architects. I pronounce it wrong. It's my like Connecticut upbringing and my weird Northeast accent. But uh, I, I did both jobs for about 18 months and I had time because it was the recession and no one was working 40 hours a week. Uh, and then at some point I decided, you know what, let's just, let's just go all in and do shoe gnome full time. And that was now 12 years ago. So what year was that? Uh, so I, I started shoe gnome somewhere May, June of 2010. I don't even know the actual day, but I do know the day I went full time and I said goodbye to uh, Sala architects was February 29th, 2012. So it was leap day, right? That was, that was the day I was like, well, I have Leaping. not. Yeah. I had at that point, uh, I had made, I did Shunome for 18 months at that point. The first six months, the business made maybe $2,000. The next year it made maybe $11,000, $12,000. So I was, I was quitting going off of my own. Uh, $12,000 is not enough yeah. to live off of. So so what uh, did you do as a company at first? Was it, you were just reselling and training or what? 
Yeah. So initially it was just selling the software, providing training and support, uh, maybe like one or two tiny little moonlighting projects on the side. And then when I went full time on my own, I was in the process of like getting ready to quit. I bought a computer. I was setting everything up. I did not have a plan for how I was going to be a viable business or make money. And uh, an old classmate of mine from Rice called me to say he had a business. They used Archicad. He knew I was a person to talk to. He needed to find someone to help him uh, do some work. And so I told him, I'll do that. So basically the day I left my full-time job, I went home and started working on these freelance projects. Now, the reason why this guy called me is because he used Archicad. The reason why he used Archicad is a year before he was working with another classmate of ours and she was trying to pick a software for them to use and was told to talk to me because she knew or people knew that I knew about production software. So I made recommendations. They picked Archicad. So this is just like, you know, helping someone being nice and it, it working out for me. At that point, were you on social media sort of sharing that information? How were people learning that you were an expert? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. I, when I started the business as a reseller, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to cold call and talk to architects and say, Hey, you're doing things wrong. Let me show you how to do things right. And I thought, okay, well, I can tell them I'm a reseller. I can tell them I'm a licensed architect and I work for this wonderful firm and I do this good work, but I should do something more. So I started a blog. I figured, okay, now I can be a blogger and an architect and I sell the software. And the original idea of the blog was just to talk to other architects in Minnesota, uh, which is a really bad idea because that's a really, really (laughs) tiny market. Uh, so it quickly grew beyond that. Uh, and after doing the blog for a little while, I then, I don't know if it was Twitter first, then Facebook, then YouTube, but basically just right. started. So you started in on. blogging before really social media started. Yeah. And then as social media come on, came on, you, you embraced it and started using it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is, it's a, such a weird thing to think that starting something like a blog without a Facebook page or without all this right. social media presence, yeah. but that's, that's what it yeah. was. That's how I did it too. There was no, yeah. there was no social media when, yeah. when Entree Architect started. And actually the way I initially promoted the blog was before starting Shunome, I ran user groups in Minnesota for Archicad users. And so how that came about is I was on a panel back in 2009, uh, at AIA Minnesota, and it was BIM for small firms. This is a reoccurring theme with me. Yes. And prior to that panel discussion, the four members on the panel got together for lunch to talk about it beforehand. Everyone in the group used Archicad. This was the first time I was ever in a room with Archicad users who didn't train me or I didn't train. Up until this point, it was either the people I used to work with who left or everyone who I taught Archicad. So I'd never actually met another Archicad user who wasn't like directly connected to In me. the wild. In the wild, right. <laughs> and so I was like, we should do a user group. This is great. And all the guys were, oh yeah, we've tried that, but blah, blah, it doesn't work. No one wants to do it. I had at this time just gotten licensed. I had just become a new dad. And I was like, well, I got, I got time. So I started running the user group. And so before Shunome started, there was like a six, nine month period where yeah. I was building my name in the local community and building an email list. So I could email people that I had done a blog post. Yeah. <laughs> which <right>. is <laughs> yeah. wild. That's how that's how this whole thing started, really. Right. Um, where did the name Shunome come from? So the name Shunome comes from it's two pieces. One is there's a Brothers Grimm fairy tale about the cobbler in the elves. And so there's this shoemaker who, you know, makes some shoes. He runs out of material or he doesn't have enough time. He puts them in his workshop and goes home for the night. And then these little elves come out and they finish the shoes. 
next morning he comes, he has his f- shoes finished, he sells them and this kind of repeats and he becomes, you know, wealthy. I think in the actual story, the elves are like little naked people and he gives them clothes and then they're happy and they run off. Well, when I was working at the first firm that used Archicad or the first firm where I used Archicad, I would, you know, help people. And there was times where back in the old days with Archicad, there was teamwork and basically you could, it's now BIM server, BIM cloud. You can have multiple people in the same file. Well, back 17 years ago, technology wasn't advanced. And if you saw something in someone else's workspace and you needed to fix that, you had to go through like a multiple minutes long process to reserve or ask them to release it. And it would take, you know, 15 minutes to just fix one little thing. So I would just wait for them to get up from their desk to go to the bathroom or grab a cup of coffee. And I just scurry over to the desk (laughs) and I'd make the change. And uh, so I do that. Or I would see, you know, there'd be like five of us working on a big project. We did elderly care facilities. So it'd be like a 300,000 square foot building. And I'd see errors in the other parts of the building. So I'd wait till the end of the day and I'd take over the whole model. And then I'd like, before I go, make a bunch of changes, fix things. And so I would come home and I'd talk to my wife and I'd be like, oh, you know, I think she actually might've come up with the, the actual term because she's just wonderful. But we'd, we'd say, oh, I was shoe gnoming today, right? It was like that little <laughs> elf. Right. But again, this is 2006 at the time. The internet is shockingly underdeveloped yep. back then. And so you couldn't just Google, hey, what was that Brothers Grimm fairy tale with like the shoemaker and the gnomes? So I thought it was shoemaker and gnomes, but it's actually shoemaker and elves. So I guess you it made it up, sh- but it wasn't accurate. I, right. I, yeah, <laughs> it was a misremembering. But then it's great because it's an imaginary word. It's a portmanteau. Right. And it's yeah. that's me on the Internet. Right. I have a word. Right. Entre architect, right. you exactly have a word. Right. right? right. And that's really hard to do these days. So. Yeah, I love the name, and and I I always sort of imagined that because I knew that fairy tale. I didn't imagine that it was connected to that fairy tale, but I, that's sort of the image that I got when yeah. I when I understood it. Um, never knew the story, uh, but I love I love the story, and I love yeah. that that you do have a word, and yeah. I love love the story behind it that it that it references how you acted and how you interacted yeah. uh, it- with the people you were working with. And this is one of these things I remember my wife and I were driving around somewhere back in Minnesota and probably pick up our daughter from daycare. And we're thinking about, okay, what's the name we're going to use for this reseller business? Because at this point I had already had that conversation and the um, John Magnin, the head of sales at Graphsoft North America had said, yeah, let's, let's do this. You can be a reseller. And so I needed a business name. And there was a moment where like, well, how many businesses do you get to name in life? <laughs> That's right? right. Yeah. Maybe one, maybe two, if you're super lucky, but you really get, you got to count on one shot. Right. And so we'd been using this word by this point for like five or six years. And so, or no, maybe it's three or four years. Anyways, we've been using this word for years and we're yeah. like, this is it. We, it's got to be Shuno. We got to do it. Uh, there was not a lot of support initially. A lot of people have found that as a very <laughs> strange name. But over time, like now it's just, right. It, you know, beca- it's right. it has become part of your brand. It is it's your been, brand. Yep. It's become part of my brand. And yeah, I'm an architecture firm with a weird name, but you know, it's great. And once you explain it, people get it. It's also interesting. I found that uh, there's two types of people. There's one type of person who gets the name and they're like, yeah, I've been that. And there's another person who doesn't quite follow. And they're like, what? And you're like, okay, I get this because I'm I'm the shoe gnome fixing your stuff. So yeah, right, exactly. it's, it's great. You know yeah. which side of the of right, the shoe gnome right. they're on. Yep, yep. <laughs> I love it. I love I love the name. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out our financials on our own is not one of those things. Luckily, we have FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to managing online payments, to organizing expenses, 
and automates them with features like the digital bills and receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. It's also super easy to get up and running and the award-winning FreshBooks support team, they are always available to answer any questions along the way. Compare that to some of the other financial management tools out there. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash architect. So what will you do with 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by rcat.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, but there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects, engineers, builders, and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting, and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside, AKA CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by Artcat. Listen and subscribe right now at artcat.com slash podcast. That's rcat.com slash podcast, A-R-C-A-T dot com slash podcast. Detailed, every building has a story. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. What I'd love to do, and and I know that you have this article and you have tons of articles on shunome.com. Um, that people should go and read. If you're trying to uh, make the switch from 2D to 3D, from CAD to BIM, um, I highly recommend that you read the switch to BIM bigger than just going from 2D to 3D. It's it's actually, you recently republished it, and so it's right there on the top of the, of the blog. Yep. Um, what I'd love to do today, rather than going through all 10, because I want people to go and read the article and read the all 10, Let's pick the top three. Well, the most important three, not necessarily the top three, the most important three uh, steps that architects need to uh, be aware of that they may not know they're, they need to be aware of uh, when they're trying to make this transition. It's just picking three is really tough, but, but yeah. honestly, it's the first three that I think cover uh, the mindset of what you need to know to be successful. And that's uh, summing up, like knowing where you are right now, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding your current methods of production and knowing how profitable you are. Uh, I have a, I have a, a blog post that I need to rewrite and republish. I was hoping to get it done before today's conversation, but I've, I've been too busy that the acronym BIM doesn't stand for building information modeling. It actually stands for business investment and money, right? BIM is a business decision. Yeah. And so if you're going to make a business decision, you have to understand where you're coming from. So a lot of times I see people and they'll be frustrated because they switched Archicad or Revit and things are taking forever. I'm like, oh, we're losing money. And one of the first questions I want to ask, though I don't always ask it is, well, do you know how long it took you to do things in the past? Like, yes, it's taking you forever to do this, but how long did it take you? You know, did you draw an elevation in five minutes, five hours, whatever it is? So I think one thing that's important in the transition is to just understand where you're at, understand how profitable you are, how long it takes to do things, you know, the quality of drawings, whatever that is. I've got more examples of that in the article, but understanding where you are now, that's going to help you yeah. to compare back to where you're going in the future. That's interesting. So, so mindset is really yeah. the, the first step is not understanding where you are right now. What's your mindset and your business, you know, yeah. you know, position, uh, but also mindset. Where are you coming from? Like, you know, where, what level are you? 
Mm -hmm. What are you doing now? How are you doing it? Sort of take an evaluation and an inventory of what you're doing today. So you have some idea of what this new thing is going to be compared to. Right, exactly. And that's knowing what you do today. It also is a good reminder so that when you switch to BIM, you don't immediately try to do a bunch of things you haven't already done. If you're a successful business and you never give a client a rendering, you can switch to BIM and still never give them a rendering because right now you're just trying to match what you did before mm -hmm. and be as successful before you start adding stuff. Whereas if you upend your whole business and try to do a bunch of new things at the same time, it's it's not a recipe for success. Right. Right. All right. So know where you're coming from. What's yep. what's this the second uh, suggestion that you so have for us? Number two is know why you're making the switch. This is also huge, right? There's so many promises out there for what BIM can do, what Revit offers, what ArchiCAD offers, what Vectorworks offers, what all these fancy programs can offer. But you need to know why you're making the switch, and that will help you focus your efforts on those items. So if you're making the switch because you're tired of designing with a pencil on trace paper, focus on learning how to design in your chosen BIM program. If you're switching to BIM because you want to produce drawings faster, focus on that. If you want to switch to BIM because you want coordinated documents, whatever it is, just make sure you know why you're switching so that you can focus on achieving those goals first, right? There's so many things that you can do with these programs if you're an expert in them, but on day one, you can't do all these things. So you need to, you know, pick your battles and make sure you get wins early on, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's I've, I'm experiencing that too. I mean, you get into into a BIM software like ArchiCAD, and it's just overwhelming, right? It can do yep. so much. There's so yep. many buttons and so many options, and so so really focusing on just figuring out how to do the basics and just sort of replicating what you already can do in AutoCAD um, is a great suggestion. Yeah, and that's again because it's so it's so easy to get so caught up in like making a perfect model when you're a new user. And you see, say, an expert like me doing all these flashy, wonderful things. You're like, well, don't do that yet. You you just need to produce a competent set of yeah. construction documents. That's it, right? right? Until you can do that, you, you don't get to do anything else because, you know, if I can make a good ArchiCAD model in 100 hours and do all the wonderful things with it, that's a good use. Like, that's a benefit to my business. But if it's going to take you 1,000 hours to do that same model because you're a new user going to bankrupt you right and so right. you just have to you know set goals so what's the what's the next the next step uh the the next one is just accept and embrace that bim is different this is a again a really hard thing to wrap your mind around during this transition is that bim wants you to work differently than you have in the past so the order of things right the way a drawing gets developed you know, if you do it by hand or you do an AutoCAD, you can can bring up that level of development in a certain way. But with a BIM platform, you often feel like the the model's asking too much, right? I talk with new users and like, well, I don't know what the roof is. I but I'm just trying to draw a floor plan, but I need to, you know, figure out the roof pitch or I need to do, you know, how thick this wall is. And there's a frustration because in a non-integrated design path you don't have to worry about this stuff. You can just ignore it. Whereas with ArchiCAD or Revit or all the other programs, I don't mean to just single out those two, you have to make decisions. You either have to consciously ignore them and know you're ignoring those decisions or you have to put place. And that can freak out a lot of new users or it can really cause stress in someone who's not using the platform, but is working with a young staff member who is. So for instance, I remember having issues when I was younger, you'd print out a set of plans and it would freak out a boss because it looked all finished. Like it's not finished. This is easy to fix. So it's, there's a, there's a bit of training there. Uh, I'll give an example. Uh, years ago, this is towards the end of my time at a, uh, before going off fully on my own, I had done a set of drawings. I'd handed it to a boss and I'd gone home and 
the boss looked at them, redlined them, and sent me a panicked email because there was a couple of errors. I had a closet that was five feet instead of seven feet wide. Just a dumb error. But he saw a couple errors like that, and he was freaking out because he was thinking about this is going to be hours and hours and hours <laughs> to change, right? Because if you draw a building two feet too short in by hand, that's a lot of erasing and redrawing. Well, the er- the issue I had was literally a 30-second fix, but we weren't in alignment with right. understanding how changes happen. So BIM is going to be different, and embracing that is critical. And then also, this is going a little bit with that, is that if you're going to switch to one of these super powerful programs, you have to fully integrate it into your business. It can't just be like, oh, we're just going to be the business we are, and now we do this thing on the side. It's like, no, Archicad Revit has to be fully integrated into how you conceptualize yourself as a business and how you, you know, function as a as a design team, as a production team, construction observation team. Like you have to, it has to be part of the whole thing. Otherwise, you're just not going to see all the benefits of it. Yeah. And and you mentioned training, I think, and you, you mentioned training through the rest of the 10 as well. And we can go through the 10 quickly. Um, but, but, uh, I wanted to sort of highlight the importance of training because that's, I'm learning cause I'm trying to do this myself through some online training. Yeah. Um, and the thing that you just said with, with step three of sort of understanding that, you know, understanding or embrace that BIM is different without knowing what's different or how it's different without somebody saying, okay, this is going to be different than what you've been doing, mm-hmm. right? If you've never done it before, you don't know that it's going to be different. So you just don't right. know what you know. Uh, and so having somebody who can sort of walk you through that and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And this is how it's different than what you've been doing, right? Yeah. Is a critical piece. Uh, you want to walk through the, the other, the other seven, um, I, I'm worried about time, so I don't want to go too too long on them, um, but yeah. I'd love to sort of finish finish the list. Uh, sure. So I'll, I'll try and I'll try and go fast. I'm <laughs> I get wordy. Uh, so the next number four is talking talks about the increase in complexity in order, and I have some blog posts and diagrams to to read on that. But as you build these complex models, things get just use the word complex, things get really, uh, there's just a lot going on. And yeah. so if you don't figure out how to manage that complexity and bring in the right level of order to manage that complexity, things can get really bulky. And one of the other ways to describe this point is when you're learning, prepare yourself to say, use Archicad or Revit for a year or two, and then basically throw out all the standards you've learned up to that point and start fresh. And so this is going to get into templating really quickly is that I share my Shunome open template for Archicad and I give it away for free. It's actually, you can give me money if you want to encourage the support, but I offer it for free because it's such an important tool for learning Archicad and for being successful. And it's something that a template is not something a new user can develop themselves. Right. A new user doesn't know enough of how to manage order and complexity to successfully build a good template because BIM is different and BIM is all sorts of wild things that are, you know, unlike what came before. So you need a template to, to manage all that. And you have, you, and you had said that you have the, the, your own Shunome open template on your yeah. website. So it's available yes. at shunome.com. Yep. That's probably one of the biggest things I still do today in the the Archicad world is I diligently update this template and I share it on my website and it's out there, like I said, for basically pay what you want free so that there's no excuse for anyone who uses Archicad or anyone who's even thinking about using Archicad. They have no excuse to not go to my website, shunum.com, find the template, download it use it, take the parts they want, just explore it, be inspired by it, use it as a training resource. There's templates are too important in my mind to, to hoard them and not, you know, use yeah. them as a learning tool. Yeah. I appreciate that. We'll have a link, the direct link to that on the show notes. If anybody wants to just jump on the show notes and click a link, it'll send you right there. So ooh, the, ooh. the next, the next one, I'll just try and keep myself moving quickly. That's is okay. Fine, is, take, is, take your time. I don't want to, okay. I don't want to, <laughs> we're good. Okay. So number five is find a guide, you know, whether it's 
you know, someone on the internet like myself, whether it's just some people on a, a forum. And I should also say, like, we talk a lot about Archicad here. Obviously, I'm, you know, super deep into the Archicad world, but all this advice applies to, right. I think, any of these software. It's not just just us Archicad users. Basically, find someone who can be a guide and be a mentor for you. And the ideal person is someone you have an easy time talking to and someone who's doing work similar to yours. And this is, I think, another reason why, even though I have enough work in my architectural practice that I could turn off social media and just be a hermit for the rest of my career and not do this Archicad stuff, I could just design houses and be successful. I'm never going to do that because it's so important to help other architects, right? To to help us all do better. And so I think it's a, important to people if, when they learn Archicad or learn these BIM programs to not be necessarily um, evangelists for them, but to just be out there to help other people get there. So if you can find someone, a friend, uh, another firm in town or someone in another locality just to like hold your hand tell you it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, answer simple questions. So. Yeah. I, and, and you know, online, that's uh, a great way to connect as well. You know, when I first started trying to learn this, um, you know, we were, we were supported and partnered with Archicad at Entree Architect. Um, and so that was one of the inspirations finally for me to make that change because they, you know, that they're supporting me. I wanted to sort of, yeah, finally use that as an excuse to learn the program. Um, and, and one of the first things I do, because I am a community guy, I'm somebody who likes to connect with people. And so I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this with a bunch of other people. Yep. And so I, I created that learning to BIM Facebook group. Um, and you and several others jumped right into it. And that was a, that was the, the intent. It was not to sort of dominate it. It was there because you saw that this was an opportunity, uh, to help, to help other yep. architects. Uh, and there's a few others in the group is that that are doing other similar things. Um, and I appreciate you for that, for, for, for jumping. And you've been doing that for years. Um, but you did that for me and my community. And so I appreciate, I just wanted to mention that and, and oh. say thank you for that. It's, it's my pleasure when I saw you post about it. And I think when you, when you first announced that you're like, okay, I'm going to go down this path. I'm going to learn Archicad and learn BIM. A whole bunch of people were like, Jared, check it out. He's, yes. Mark's making the jump. Everybody, like, not just okay, a few, okay. everybody <laughs> said Jared. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then when you started the learning to BIM Facebook group is like, I don't need another Facebook group to be in, but <laughs> I have to be in this group because this is exactly what I do, you yeah. know, help people go there. And that's, that's actually the next thing on my list. Yeah. It's, it's share, yeah. right? As an expert, you share as a newbie, you share and new users sharing is almost more important than expert. Mark, you sharing your path, your journey to get to the point where Archicad is business asset for you, like that's going to inspire more people yeah. than me up on my mountaintop saying, <laughs> this is easy, you know? So, yeah. and that's exactly share. my intent. I mean, that's because uh, technically, you know, I probably don't need to learn it. I, I want to learn it because I want to learn it, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a tool that I want, I've wanted to know for a long time. And now I, this is an opportunity for me to do that. But even more so, I really do want to inspire the other architects who are in that same position using CAD and want to make that. Because there are lots of people who are using CAD and want to stay CAD, and that's perfectly fine. CAD's a perfect, yep. perfectly fine tool. But if you want to make that transition and it's just been difficult, I want to be the inspiration for you to make that move. And so that's why I created the community. That's why, you know, I, I'm, I'm sharing what I'm doing and how I'm doing it uh, as slow as it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And so I agree with you and, and I appreciate you for supporting us. What's next on our list here. Okay. So the next is uh, allow time for reflection. So that's basically listen to everyone in your firm, right? When you're switching to a new software, like no one's an expert. So the youngest person in the firm with least experience, the, everyone has an opportunity to be that steward of the process or a champ. I guess I, I'm a good example of it. When I became the person pushing Archicad and teaching Archicad at both firms, I was often the person with the least experience. I was the youngest person. 
and that worked out great for both those firms. So, uh, you know, listening to everyone. And I think that is not just the younger eager staff, but it's also the, uh, bleeds into number eight, which is get full continued support for management is that you also have to listen to the people who aren't using the software who are maybe, uh, and make sure that everyone top to bottom in the org on board for this change and knows implications, both the the benefits and the pitfalls of making the change, which again, goes back to that, you know, know why you're making the switch. If you don't know why you're switching to Archicad or Revit, if it's just, oh, everyone else uses that software, I guess we have to use that software. Like that's not a good business decision. Yeah. And that's not a like uh, point to look at when you're struggling, right? You can't go to management and be like, I know we're losing money on this and I know the drawings don't look good and I know everyone's upset, but everyone else is doing this. So we have to just keep doing <laughs> right, it. Like that's right. not good, yeah, right? It's exactly, I, I know this stuff is taking time, but here's where we are seeing success. Here's where we're going. Remember, we wanted to make this switch because, you know. Yeah, yeah, a purpose-driven goal. Exactly. Have exactly. a goal, make sure that there's a purpose behind that goal. And then, the, and then that goal becomes very important. Exactly. And so the last two, uh, incremental steps and don't rush, uh, this, well, this I'm is, good at 10. I'm right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still need to make progress. Right. Yes. But yeah. So basically this isn't an all or nothing proposition. Switching to BIM isn't something that happens overnight. You look for small wins, do small steps, and it's a continual path of improvement and it might take years, right? But as long as you're making progress, yeah. as long as thinking back to the first step, you know where you came from. If our, the transition to a fully powerful Archicad firm takes you five years, it's a long time. But if after year one, you're at least doing what you did in AutoCAD and doing it for the same amount of time, then you've already won, right? So that first step is just kind of getting back to where you are. And so you got to focus on that and not rush the whole process, but understand that like, once you get to there, now you're just all in. Yeah. Great advice. Let me just roll through the, the steps again. So know where you're coming from, know why you're making the switch, accept and embrace that BIM is different. To succeed in BIM, you need to tackle both and uh, an increase in complexity and order. So there's a, an increase in complexity and order. So you, you need to understand that. Um, find yourself a guide, then share, share, share. You know, that's me. Share everything you know. Um, allow time for reflection. Number eight is get full continued support from your management. Make sure that the you have the support and that support is, is continuing throughout. Incremental steps is number nine. And don't rush is number 10. Uh, it's a great article. You should go check it out at shunome.com. Um, Jared, before we wrap up here, um, first of all, thank you for coming by and, and sharing your knowledge. Um, what's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Decide when you're switching to BIM. I think <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to switch today, but I decide. think maybe that's, that's the thing. Actually, I'll, not necessarily, we'll, we'll take a step back, not decide, but uh, know what your future with BIM is going. Yeah. Because Mark, as you said earlier, not everyone has to switch, but you need to, today's a good day to figure out, are you going to have a plan to switch or are you going to be a business lesson? And there's big implications because yeah. everything's getting more competitive. And in my mind, you need to, but now's a good day to, to think about yeah. that. Yeah. That's wise advice for both sides, right? Because if you are a CAD user and you think you might change, but you may not change, and you've just been struggling with it, and that, and that's just causing you stress. Just decide, because yeah. if you're going to stick stick with CAD, then stick with CAD, and just done. Decide, that's... and then move on, and not be stressed about it anymore, and just say, "Oh, I'm a CAD user." Um, but if you're not, decide that you're going to make the move, and then make some plans on how you're going to do that. Yeah, I like that. This is 2023. All a hundred percent of us can either be on BIM or decide whether they're going to go. Right? right? You can just make that decision and stick with it. I love yep, it. Exactly right. His name is Jared Banks. The company is Shunome. It's uh, S-H-O-S-H-O-U. S-H-O-E, like shoe. Gnome is G-N-O-M-E. Uh, Shunome.com is the website. The Shunome open template. It's free or you can pay whatever you'd like. 
uh, it's right there on the homepage at shoenoma.com. You should go check it out, uh, download it, use it. Um, I appreciate you for sharing that, Jared. Uh, I appreciate you. You've been doing this for a long time and you are very generous and have been sharing your knowledge uh, for a very long time. You are an ally to me and to the Entree Architect community. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for your dedication to the community of small firm architects and helping them make this critical transition to something that can help them build better businesses and be more successful and have happier lives. Uh, so thank you for that. And thanks for coming by here and sharing your knowledge at Entree Architect Podcast. My pleasure. This is this is wonderful. And I'm real to have a conversation with you. It's been, it took too long to get it to It took way too long, Jared. <laughs> so let's, let's not wait another yeah. eight years for the next one. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, share a link with a friend. That's how Entree Architect has grown to serve thousands of architects just like you. Please share a rating, write a review, share a link to this episode with a friend. I'd appreciate it. Links to all our sponsors and all the resources we discussed today are available at the show notes for this episode found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. It's the network dedicated to architects, engineers, and construction pros. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at Gable Media at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Go check it out. We have, I think, 13 podcasts over there now. Gablemedia.com. And before we wrap up, a special thank you to our partners at Graphisoft for helping our community of architects make the transition to BIM with ARCHICAD software. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioning to help make your architecture firm a success. Visit graphisoft.com slash US slash Architect to learn more. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arla Page. Love, learn, and go share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, 
Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.